0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Roar Lions Roar. This is your host tonight, Nick Pollock, and I am joined by the one, the only Matt Filipovitz, or if you're talking to Matt DeBear, Matt Filippovitis, Matt Filipidipidits, however you want to say it. Matt, how you doing?
1: Nick, I'm good. It's a a hot day here in Chicago, and it's been a a little bit chilly the past few days, so I'm excited for this, uh, what I think might be the last hurrah of summer. Uh, before we shift into uh, into fall mode which means football season so i'll take that i'll take that as a win
0: yeah it's in it's actually a pretty hot day out here in seattle too i think we're supposed to get up to like uh maybe like 91 today it's pretty hot for us oh, but whoa. unlike chicago this is kind of like we're kind of reaching like the second stage of our summer like it'll still stay pretty mm. warm into like october for us more or less um and i say that with probably a lot of people sympathizing because I looked at our numbers there's a shockingly like large number of listeners in Seattle which that's kind of cool and they're not me because I was looking I saw that I was looking on I think I was looking at those numbers on Apple uh podcast which I don't use so it's not me inflating the numbers so that's pretty interesting
1: I still don't believe you I think you have <laughs> I think you have like five devices going you do subscribe on
0: <laughs> it's especially interesting because I I think I've only met like two people out here aside from the one alumni event that we went to out here that um, I think it was for the citrus bowl um, but I haven't met many Penn State people out here so it is interesting yeah um, hmm. First and foremost, off the top, make sure you're subscribed to Roar Lines Roar wherever you get your podcast, uh, whether that be Apple Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Overcast, any of those. Uh, make sure you subscribe, leave us a five star review, It'd be much appreciated. If you want to leave a question with that five star review, we will happily answer it on the podcast uh, at some point, whenever we see it. Um, but we are here today to talk about, you know, it's a this is a Penn State team that has a lot of you know pretty loaded position groups. Um, And we are kind of cheating here because we're talking about technically two position groups scrunched into one here, but this Penn State secondary is pretty ridiculous looking Um, and we're going to start. Yeah, we're going to start by talking about the cornerbacks, which might be, you know, of the they're both both the cornerbacks and the safety rooms look awesome. The cornerbacks look absolutely insane. Um we you know, looking back at last year's production, we lose Tariq Castro Fields. That's a bummer. He was a longtime starter. He was a you know a great knitny line, did a lot of great things. But the talent that is still remaining in this room is pretty I mean there's a reason that I believe it was on three ranked Penn State as the I think it was I think I saw the third best secondary um in the country for this season, which
1: Phil Steele has in top ten as well. Phil Steele is really high on them in his preview mag.
0: I agree with it. Um, so Matt, just kind of give me your, you know, Eagle eye view, hundred foot view, whatever you want to call it, view of the uh, cornerback room going into this year.
1: It's weird that uh, we're talking about Penn state football and the depth concerns are at linebacker and not at anywhere in the secondary. Uh, there, There's a lot of talent. I think in the cornerback room alone, there's four dudes, maybe even five. Am I forgetting someone? I keep on worrying. I'm going to forget someone. <laughs> there might be five dudes who can play and, Four of them are probably draftable prospects, or at least on a career trajectory towards it. Uh, I mean, it all starts with Joey Porter Jr., man. That dude is fourth year in the program, has played a lot of football, uh, still has some work to do cleaning up some penalties, but I think he got all those out of him, hopefully, uh, early on in his career, and I hope that he can become uh, the highest drafted secondary player in Penn State history, and I, I think that's an attainable goal. Um, opposite of him starting, it's a battle right now between Johnny Dixon, the South Carolina transfer and Kalen King, a c- talented true sophomore. And then you factor in Daquan Hardy, uh, a, a guy, Nick, I know that's, uh, kind of what Hakeem Beeman is to me is what Daquan Hardy is to you. I think is fair totally. to say. Yeah. Uh, and then Marquise Wilson, who is, uh, finally back at corner and I hope has, uh, has settled down now as he looks to wind out his Lion career. So Five dudes right there, not even to mention a talented true freshman class that came in. Uh, so it's uh, it's hard to find a lot of holes to pick in this Penn State cornerback room. So major credit to Terry Smith, man. What a what a what a room he has built.
0: It's almost kind of cruel in a way because, you know, I, I've been clamoring for I, I've been waiting for Penn State to build a cornerback room like this since I started as a student in 2010. But. Especially with the Brent Pry defense, like my my thing has always been like if Brent Pry got his hands on just one like truly, truly shut down cornerback, his defenses would just ascend into like a completely new plane. Like that would have been just an absolute game breaker because we know he liked to play bend don't break. When you have a shutdown corner like that, it allows you to still play that way, but then also get really creative with the ways you bring pressure. So it's kind of sad in a way that he's not the one leading this defense with this yeah. elite cornerback room. Um, but you said it. This is just an unbelievably talented group of dudes. Uh, Joey Porter Jr. back as a returning starter. It, it's it's crazy. You know, Kalen King last year at times, looked like he might be the best corner on the team. And now, you know, all of a sudden, to no fault of his own, he might be the third best corner yeah. on the team. Like, the reports yeah. of Johnny Dixon coming out of camp have just been unbelievably glowing from coaches and analysts alike. Like, we, I believe we, you saw on Twitter, Audrey Snyder said he's one of the turnover kings of camp so far.
1: Yep. Yeah, Audrey Snyder tweeted that out uh, tonight after uh, James Franklin's media, or I guess during his media availability.
0: Yeah, that, I mean that considering, you know, he he kind of showed flashes um last season, but he looked to be, you know, not particularly close to necessarily stealing a starting job away, but I mean I, I guess it's not all that uncommon for a guy that's a transfer, you know, maybe takes just a beat longer to get acclimated to the new system, but if you if we're talking about Kalen King as suddenly not a starter, that's a pretty fantastic place for this room to be. Um so I the obvious question, I guess, is and I think I know the obvious answer, but is this the best cornerback room that we've seen under James Franklin?
1: I think I think it has to be. I mean, the one that would compare is I get to, is that the 2016 room or 2017 room? Yeah, 17 would have still had Grant Haley, Christian Campbell um, and Amani O'Rourier. Uh and John Reed would have been in there, too. So right there, that's three corners who got drafted. Um, Christian Campbell technically got drafted, no way around it. And Haley's latched on and had a pretty decent NFL career so far. I mean, dude's got a Super Bowl ring. Uh, so for Penn state to have a room right now that could probably match that number of players drafted, or at least players with professional careers, uh, is, is almost unheard of considering the fact that I remember we were talking about that Penn state cornerback room as one of the best of all time. And now it gets, you know, probably knocked down a peg uh after like less than one recruiting cycle so just shout out to terry smith man he's he's just built that room up and and i don't see a way for this room to not be top two in the big 10 maybe number one
0: yeah yeah and i, and I think the difference um i'm glad you called it that 2016 group i'm not sure if christian campbell might have been gone it was after. 17 I'm, th- I'm thinking of okay regardless because
1: campbell and Haley came in the same year because they played, and O'Ruari redshirted, and then O'Ruari would have ended up being the best, the best one of all. Of them, yeah. So, yeah,
0: I was gonna say, but the, I think the main difference between this group and that group is, of that group, of those guys that did go to the NFL, O'Ruari was really the only one that was drafted to like continue being a standout corner in the NFL. I think is fair to say. Like, I think Haley and Campbell were both drafted more as like maybe they can be depth. On the cornerback chart, but mainly contribute on special teams. Like all the dudes we're talking about in the cornerback room right now, I think are looking like future NFL cornerbacks, not just maybe they'll figure it out and they can ball out on special teams in the meantime. Like these look like legitimate NFL guys on the defense, which is really, really cool and something that is just an absolute game changer. And it's I think it's partially why. I'm not as worried about the linebackers as I think I may have been, because I know that what's behind them is looking truly, truly elite.
1: Yeah, I think that's totally fair. I think we're going to see a lot of five DB sets and uh, that third corner is going to be a slog between whoever loses that Kalen King, um, Johnny Dixon battle, and then, you know, Daquan Hardy, Marquise Wilson, and then like the five four safeties that we think can actually play like it, it's an embarrassment of riches and uh, I just I cannot believe we're talking about a Penn State football team and a Penn State football secondary in this context it's I, I never would have imagined this was possible you know even seven years ago
0: yeah it's it's ridiculous and like you said huge huge testament to the work of Terry Smith um you know I think at this point he's he's probably been at Penn State longer than most of us would have anticipated him being.
1: He's the last of the original Franklin staff still, yeah,
0: there. yeah, and you know, like we know he or we know he was at least scheduled to interview for the temple job last year. I don't remember if that interview actually happened or not, yeah, but you know he's someone who I think probably has had at least a couple opportunities to go be a defensive coordinator somewhere, um and he's be chosen crazy not to,
1: to not to interview him, yeah.
0: but he's chosen to stay at Penn State and continue building this room, and it's taken a long time, but like this this is what it takes to build a room like this. Like it takes year over year, over year, over year of just getting a little bit better with your recruiting efforts at the position each time, because every time you recruit someone a little bit better, they perform a little bit better on the field and you bring in a slightly better recruit after that. Um, and I think, you know, Kalen King is probably the kind of the cherry on top at this point, as far as cornerback recruits. Um, so it's, it's an exciting room for sure. Um, I'm I'm curious. Let's say first snap of the season on defense. Um, who do you think? Assuming it's not a nickel set, which you know it, it very it very well could be. Um, knowing Purdue, I think they like be to for throw the ball. Yeah, yeah. yeah but let's say let's Purdue. say it's uh, the first snap is just a typical two corner set. Who do you think are going to be the two guys out there?
1: It's got to be Porter Junior. That's a lock. And then just from everything we're hearing coming out of camp, I think I got to give it to Johnny Dixon. I think if you know the dudes co-takeaway king right now with uh with a talented underclassman we'll talk about in the safety room here in a little bit but i don't know how you keep that guy off the field especially you know with manny diaz now at the helm a dude who loves takeaways so right now i think it has to be uh joey porter jr and johnny dixon and that's no slight to Kalen king or or marquise wilson or daquan hardy because i think those guys are still going to be on the field a ton it's just Listen, there's only there's only so many spots. There's only so many dudes who can be on the field at one time. And I think those two kind of have to be the ones right now. If if what we're hearing is, is indeed uh, what things are trending towards.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree with all that. Um, you know, it's kind of funny. I feel like the guy I actually have them uh, out of that top three. I think the guy I'm actually maybe the most unsure about in a weird way might be Porter just because it, it's, for me it is yeah I mean just because we we know he has the the physical talent and we know he has the shutdown ability, but you know we need to see that he's kind of put the penalties behind him we need to see that he's learned how to play physical without um without drawing flags and
1: he plays like a six three safety he hasn't figured out how to play like a six three corner yet right, and, and that's something he has to get down,
0: yeah yeah totally and you know obviously, I think we both agree he has the highest ceiling of the three, although I mean maybe By far maybe king's up i mean similar but you know with with his size you know you you kind of have to give it to porter um but yeah it's just such a it's such a fun spot that penn state's in like we have we legitimately have not seen a room that looks like this for the cornerbacks in a really really long time and it's going to be just exhilarating
1: i'm excited about it should be should be so fascinating to watch i love that they have this kind of depth yeah it's awesome
0: so Matt, has your uh, has your home field order shipped yet?
1: Uh, no, but real quick, I'm very proud of you. I thought you were gonna mention Richard Sherman or Brandon Browner at least once <laughs> during that. I'm really proud of you that you didn't. I like I would have bet money that you would have mentioned one of them. So I'm very proud of you. But no, my home field order is yet to ship. Uh, I have I have checked religiously. Um, whenever I hear my doorbell ring or knock at my door, and still nothing yet. But it's coming. I know it's coming soon.
0: I will. I was really, really close to comparing Joey Porter Jr. to Brandon Browner. I was. I was. Like, I thought you were about to. I was second. Really away. thought you were about to. I mean, it's hard not like it is building the Legion of Boom is the ideal secondary. Like having an Earl Thomas type to fly around, a Cam Chancellor okay. type in the I box to kill myself. people. Richard Sherman is going <laughs> to. Richard Sherman's going to lock down everyone, and then Brandon Browner is just going to kill you on the other side. Like, it's perfect. It's fine. Um yeah, so my home field order order hasn't shipped yet either, but I'm really excited for it to get here because um, as we've talked about before, um these home field shirts just look absolutely incredible with their new Penn State drop this past weekend. Uh the designs are outstanding. and We've talked before about just the special care that they put into finding these. Truly, like you will not see these designs anywhere else. Um, uh, we we said obviously Penn State's not going to release things like that themselves, but You know, these are things that like like when we made shirts, like we would never think to do some of these things like that's takes much more creative minds than ours and much more, you know, minds dedicated to creating truly special shirts than ours. Like we just tried to make stuff that was like kind of funny or stuff that we thought was like, you know, would resonate a bit, I guess. But it's. It's been really fascinating as we've joined in this partnership with Home Field Apparel to learn more about their process. And it's given I know it's given me a greater appreciation for what a good clothing company can be. They're not just taking logos and putting them on 100% cotton t-shirts. That's not the deal. They're making high quality shirts with high quality designs that will make you, you know, proud to wear and represent this stuff for your school. And the whole big new release and competition part of it is a really cool aspect that I don't feel like we've talked about enough. Like this is what a 2022 company should look like. Like everybody wants yeah, to show everybody wants to show school pride, and they want to find ways to be able to show that pride and proving that you like your merchandise for your school more than other people like theirs is a perfect way to do it in the world of capitalism in 2022. Um, So really exciting that Penn State is now that new record holder. Um, Ohio State, sorry, you're not going to top it as much as you might think you will. Um, No chance. But on the off chance that you have not ordered your Penn State home field uh, apparel already, Great news because you can go on and order for the first time on the website and use the code Roar Lions Roar, all caps, all one word, and you can get fifteen percent off your first order, which, you know, if you order oh, Matt.
1: Whichever way that whichever uh-huh. one five. Whichever way
0: <laughs> for those is. of you who are listening, not watching, Matt is attempting to show one five on his fingers, but we don't actually know which direction we end up looking like in the end. So tough to say. <sighs> no um, But like I was saying, if you can use, you can use that code RaillinesRoar for fifteen percent off your order. And if you order as many shirts as I know I did, and I'm sure Matt did, that fifteen percent is a pretty big deal. Like for me, I think it was, I think forty dollars off. Which you know you can do the math nice. and figure out how much I spent otherwise. But um, just. A really a really awesome company, a really awesome partnership. really happy to be working with them and we're looking forward to continuing to work with them for a long time and hopefully you know before too long they'll actually introduce um, more Penn State designs. I know one thing that we as a rural lines or entity are looking for is maybe a, a basketball shirt. that'd be a lot of fun. So once again,
1: yeah it would be for
0: cool. Your, for 15% off from your first order from home field, use the code Rural Lin ROAR at checkout and now. Let's go talk about the other part of the secondary for Penn State, and that is the safety room, which may not have as much top-end talent as the cornerback room, but honestly, somehow might be even deeper. What are your general thoughts of this room, man? Hot take? Uh, I don't it's, know.
1: It's an. I think that's a hot take. It's it's because you're losing uh, the best player in your secondary from sure. that unit last year. Um, which is t- and He's now playing for my beloved Chicago bears. And he had a great, uh, preseason game this week and caused bears that three and out all by himself. Game, and that's, that's probably the only th- good thing the Chicago bears will do this year. No <laughs> bears. Um, but this safety room is a, uh, is really interesting. You got Jair Brown back who tied for the nation lead in interceptions with six of them, which is a crazy high number. And, um, I'll be honest. A lot of them were, uh, were pretty opportune um, in the sense that the Arkansas quarterback who had no business throwing, just decided <laughs> to throw it right to him for some reason. Um, and then one came on uh, a really good play by TCF that he just kind of like volleyball spiked at Brown and he kind of caught it, not taking anything away from him, but like, he's not um, like, a, like a, the 50, 50 jump ball kind of guy. He's just really good at being in the right place at the right time, which is a great skill to have as a safety. Um, and I think a, an all big 10 candidate heading into the season, and then opposite of him, it's a, it's, a, it's an interesting battle between Keaton Ellis, a guy who played a ton as a corner, as a true freshman, uh, and then I think missed extended action both in 20 and 21 for whatever reason. Uh, I think it's multiple reasons at this point, um, whether that be injury or, or wh- whatever else it was. It's just he never seemed to be able to put it all together. And for a guy who's in his fourth year with the program, I know he has the COVID year. I'd love to see him put it all together. And then there's Jalen Reed, um, a guy who got his red shirt burned. He took the Jahan Dotson approach to burning a red shirt in that he proved it on Saturdays that he deserved to be on the field. And then there's uh, the guy who I think probably has the highest ceiling of anybody in that safety room and Zaki Wheatley converted corner was the Springs takeaway King. uh, And now according to to what we heard tonight is tied with uh, Johnny Dixon for the fall camp takeaway King. And, You know, any time you can get a guy who can get his hands on the football on the field, you take advantage of it. So maybe I'm forgetting someone, but those four dudes right there are all guys I would feel comfortable trotting out there with the ones tomorrow. Uh, And I don't think that's really been the case, considering for a long time Penn State's uh, safety room was like a converted wide receiver who went on to be a corner in the NFL (laughs) and Troy Apke. Uh, And then it felt like a lot of just like – stopgap guys who were just filling in for a year and now they finally built that depth up there too so again you know a lot of credit to the coaches there and that goes to uh to tim banks uh now at tennessee and uh and anthony poindexter for developing those guys and uh and bringing those guys in so it's a it's a really interesting room and i'm excited to watch that shake out too
0: yeah obviously uh jair brown is the star here um you mentioned a lot of his um, interceptions were, you know, kind of right place, right time. You know, and speaking of the play where Tariq Castor field tipped it up to him, that reminds me a lot of the time where Richard Sherman tipped him. No, I won't do that. Um, (laughs) um, but you know, it's kind of the, the way that he was kind of always in the right place at the right time reminded me a lot of, um, like 2020, um, Ellis Brooks, you know, like he never, My, my guy, (laughs) <laughs> he never... like Love Alice Brooks. It, it wasn't that he made the plays that caused the turnovers. It was just like the turnovers would happen and then Alice Brooks would just be there and be like, oh yeah, I'll take that ball.
1: Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, he, he found the plays more than he made the plays, yeah. which is st- still a hard thing to do.
0: Right. So it's similar, but I also think G.I.R. Brown is a better safety than Ellis Brooks was linebacker. And that's not a knock on Brooks as a linebacker. I just think Jair Brown has the potential to be a really, really good safety. Um, I think it was a great decision by him to come back. Um, you know, and I say that obviously kind of selfishly because I like watching him play football, but I also think that yeah. another year could do him a really good, a really like, Could be really good for his draft stock, especially if Jaquan Brisker also balls out this year, because you know people are gonna say, like, oh, well, that worked out for him, so it's gonna work out for Brown too, even though they're different players. Right. Um, the thing that's most interesting to me here, and obviously Wheatley is fascinating to me. I he's still pretty small, if I remember correctly, which you know lends me a little bit of pause. It's not as not quite as big of a deal for a safety, but Play next- He's
1: listed at one eighty nine, which is the lightest um, of this like group of the four safeties we discussed by just four pounds uh, from Keaton Ellis. Yeah,
0: so if Jair Brown was kind of more of an enforcer type safety with like more box ability, then I would probably feel a little bit more comfortable with Wheatley being the guy next to him. But I think Brown is more is better suited to be more of a center fielder. Type. Now, like he he did spend a good amount of time coming down and bodying up on the tight end. So I'm not saying he can't do that. Um, But it seems to be that he is a bit better as that true center field type role. So I wonder if he and Wheatley are necessarily the best combination together. Um, The name that I think is actually the most exciting to me of the backups is Jalen Reed, because we saw him do some really awesome things last year. But the problem is that I think he is still Jair Brown's primary backup. So we're probably not going to see the two of them on the field all that often. From the sound of it, it sounds like Keaton Ellis is still the leader in the clubhouse to be starting next to Jair Brown, which, you know, keeps the famous Penn uh, State. Oh, well,
1: we'll see. We'll uh, see. I don't know. It, I think we. I think Wheatley's pushing him hard. It
0: would keep the, you know, the evergreen Penn State tradition of the converted corner being the starting safety alive, just as they did with Adrian Amos and Jordan Lucas and well, we several did,
1: others. That's Wheatley, too, though. And <laughs> so it is no Wheatley, too. You're
0: says. right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Okay. Um. The other two names I think that are worth mentioning here are the two of the freshmen, Makai Flowers and KJ Winston. Um, those are two names that have been generating a good amount of buzz. I know they asked Jair Brown himself, and he said that you know he was really impressed with what he's seen from those two. And not that that's like not the kind of quote you always hear, uh, but it seems like the the buzz they're getting is just a little bit more than we would typically hear about guys in that same situation. But to turn things back over to Jair Brown. A very different player than Jaquan Brisker, but I'm curious if you think he can be as impactful just in a different role.
1: So when you sent me this question um, like an hour ago, I I actually really sat and thought about this, and I thought, what does it mean to be impactful when you're changing defensive schemes? Mm. Um, Because Brisker made a big impact in the sense that he didn't get his hand on a ton of turnovers. He still made really big plays. And again, it's relative because if you're compared to Jair Brown, the dude led the country in, in picks Mm -hmm. like that's like, that's unfair. Yeah. Um, I think he's going to have a different impact than Brisker did in terms of if it's going to be bigger, I'm going to have to say no, because I think in the Manny Diaz defense, a bunch of dudes are going to make, big impact splash plays that when we think about the kind of impact a player has we're going to think about a variety of guys making those plays as opposed to last year it was more focused on brisker and brown i think the corners are going to get their hands on a lot more footballs i think the linebackers are going to get their hands on the footballs i think we're going to see a lot more sacks uh, and strip sacks and fumbles behind the line of scrimmage because of the aggressive style of play so like it's kind of a, a yes and no answer. It's a major cop out, but I don't think we're going to look back and see as many highlight reel plays from Brown as we did Brisker. That doesn't mean he's not going to have as big of an impact. I think that just means that a bunch of other dudes are going to be out there making those impact plays. Does that make sense? Did that track?
0: Yeah, yeah. It makes and I I agree with it. I after I wrote this question and then I thought about it as well. I I came up with a a, a pretty similar point actually. Um, I it kind of felt at times like last year that if Brisker wasn't at his best, the defense wasn't at its best. Like if if yep. he wasn't firing on an all cylinder something just felt off, and the whole defense struggled as a result. I feel like with this defense, Jair Brown can not be like the true game breaker we know he can be, and this defense can still be really good. Just the sum of the parts seems a lot stronger um going into this season yeah. than i did last year and that's you know obviously that's not to say that jair brown can't you know who's maybe he goes out there and picks off eight passes this year like well it like what defines oh, could you imagine
1: <laughs> what defines impact how many turnovers does everyone else have oh my god yeah that's like a, that's a 30 turnover season
0: <laughs> i wonder when oh, the last time god. i wonder when the last time we saw a season like that for Penn State was i mean because it's like the, the 16 and 17 defenses were good but they weren't turning teams over like that that's not why they were good no. hmm. that's a little homework assignment see when the last time they were that impactful in the turnover column but like yeah overall i i agree i think that and i and i think their style of play actually m- will make it difficult for brown to be as impactful as brisker just because brisker was yep. everywhere Uh, everywhere like he he did everything for that defense um so i think Jair brown could be a really good player but in a different way and maybe not in a way that's just quite as impactful to the overall defense who should be next to him though i it sounds like you're leaning wheatley
1: so this is actually it sounds like i am you know leaning wheatley and i may have talked myself into it on this very podcast live in real time (laughs) um or on demand. That's the fun of the medium. Mm. Uh, but I still think it has to be Ellis just because of who's playing in front of them. This is still a very young linebacker unit. It's still very inexperienced. It's still going to feature heavily a sixth year converted safety playing linebacker, uh, for eight and a half months. So in that case, I'd rather have the steady, reliable, Knows the defense really well. Not that Wheatley doesn't, but like a lot, you learn a lot through game experience. You learn a lot through those reps. And that doesn't mean I don't think Wheatley can take this job by, say, October, but at least to start, just to cover up some mistakes that can happen from a young defense um, that's shifting to a more aggressive scheme, I think Keaton Ellis is the better option to have out there, at least to start. Uh, and then if Wheatley proves it, which it seems like he's doing constantly that he should be that other starting guy, you know, more power to him. That's really impressive to earn that role, uh, as a redshirt freshman. Uh, and that just proves that that was a phenomenal decision by the coaching staff to move him back to safety. Uh, but just in terms of let's limit the big plays, let's, the big plays we allow, and let's Play conservative with at least one of our guys in the secondary, because I think the other three are going to just thrive to be ball hawks uh, or other four, if it's a nickel set, which we'll see a lot of. So in that case, I think Ellis is the best option to start the year. Uh, But again, that could change by, you know, even Northwestern already.
0: Yeah, I I agree with all that. Um, You know, we see it all the time there's that guy's that been in the program 4 years, 5 years, 6 years that has always just been kind of eh, whatever and then that last year they just explode onto the scene. And it's you know it's just they're college kids, right? Like they are still growing, they are still learning and Keaton Ellis seems like the perfect kind of guy to be be that next like whoa, you got a lot better this summer out of nowhere type deal. Um and I I agree with your rationale behind it too. Um as you were talking it made me think what if on like third and longs they just go into like pure chaos defense wheatley comes in next to brown they both are just doing nothing but staring at the quarterback's eyes and trying to just grab picks that'd be super fun
1: i think you can do that i think with the kind of front they'll be able to run uh thanks to hakeem beeman um i think you can i think you can get away with that honest to god i think we're gonna see so many five defensive back sets and i think we'll even see a good amount of six defensive back sets uh, again, which is nuts that we're talking about Penn State football and the conversation is get the linebackers off the field <laughs> and put on the corners and the safeties.
0: For those of you that had Matt mention Sakeem Beeman on your bingo cards, you're welcome. Um, I think the final thing <laughs> I want to talk about before we get out of here, oh, hit the mic. Uh, the final thing I want to talk about before we get out of here, and we mentioned his name a couple times, DaQuan Hardy. Um, so DaQuan Hardy was probably my favorite recruit in that class, just because I. I'm always a huge fan of taking the Pennsylvania kid that is not highly rated, but just does ridiculous things against the competition he faces. You know, the last one, the best example before Daquan Hardy is journey Brown. And that worked out pretty well too. Mm -hmm. Um, But Daquan Hardy last year played purely as a nickel cornerback and was just phenomenal. Like, just absolutely outstanding. I know that was one of the big issues on the 2020 defense, and that role typically ended up going to Lamont Wade. And with the Maryland game as the best example, that was a struggle as Rakeem Jarrett ran the same little slant pattern over the middle for two straight touchdowns looked identical. That is the exact kind of play that Daquan Hardy just erased last year. Like it was just yeah. non-existent. And we heard in the spring that the decision had been made to move Daquan Hardy to safety. Now, we haven't really heard a whole lot about that move since then.
1: I don't know if it's a move. I think it was cross-trained because he's still listed as a corner on the roster. That
0: would make sense to me. Yeah, because it and it wouldn't be the first time because, you know, back when Lamont Wade was still a freshman and he was purely a slot corner, he actually played really well in that role. And then they moved him to safety full time, and he kind of learned that. And when he came back and played the star and tried to play that slot corner role again, it didn't quite go as well. Um, so it, there was a little twinge of worry for me when I heard that Hardy was moving to safety because I, I, I just it, to me it didn't make sense why you would move him out of that role that he so excelled in. Um, but uh, do you assume that he's going to be in that same position this fall?
1: I think the position changes now under Diaz. Mm. Like, I think the way they handle that is going to be just be different. Like, I think the line for a guy like that between safety and corner kind of changes. It's like how basketball is becoming more positionless. I think the Penn State secondary for certain guys is becoming positionless. Um, So I think he's still going to be that slot corner. Um, And I want to make sure I call it a stat that came from uh, our buddy Bill Connolly over at ESPN. Uh, Hardy averaged a Havoc play every 24 snaps and for a dude who that's an unreal amount for a dude who's not on the field um, like for every single snap, like that's a crazy high amount. Uh, So that guy's got to be on the field, you know, no way around it. And I think Diaz can use him in a very unique way. Um, But in terms of like, you know, what you want to refer to him as like position wise, I mean, he's listed as a corner, but he, he really is like a true hybrid and, I don't think we've ever seen a Penn state team uh, have a guy like that. That is like, not like the star because the star was like glorified corner. Like, let's be honest. Um, I think this is like such a, such a unique space to exist. in, And I think it's, it's tailor-made to a guy built like Daquan Hardy.
0: Yeah. It was, you know, at the most of the beginning of last year, he was pretty much primarily just in that slot corner role and matched up against the slot receiver. But as the year went on, we, we saw him start to blitz more and he, was a force behind the line of scrimmage like he, he thrived in that room. yeah he made tackles he for loss he blizzard. got sacks um so i'm glad that the stats ended up reflecting that and i really like the point that you made before we started the podcast uh, you're talking about like manny Diaz they can legitimately like hide him on the defense yeah, you can, yeah. and just make him appear yeah. like he's not a big dude like you can do some really fun things with him
1: Daquan, go stand behind Joey Porter, and when the snap goes, just pop out of nowhere. Like read where the quarterback's <laughs> going. Like that, 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 you could do that.
0: I love it. Um, all right, man. Any final thoughts on either the cornerbacks or the safeties? Just again, such an awesome group.
1: Unreal. Uh, how, how talented this group is. I think they're going to have a a really fun, challenging. It's Aiden O'Connell and uh, and Jeff Brom and that Purdue offense to start the year. Um, and I, I think they're going to be up to the challenge. Like, there's no one in that room who we discussed, uh, who's a question mark to me. Uh, so just, I, again, outstanding job by by those recruiting staffs and, and by those position coaches to develop some great players. And now it's up to Manny Diaz to uh, to really have some fun. And I don't know if there's a turnover chain. Uh, I really hope there is. Like, I really hope there's, like, something cool. Um, Listen, I, I wrote about this.
0: Dudes, I wrote I, about this several years ago. I listed a lot of great potential ideas for turnover items the one i
1: remember was the turnover sticky bun <laughs> which i think would actually be pretty funny are, are you uh, forgetting
0: the turnover real pen live comment because that was the that was the piece did resistance in the piece
1: did you say turnover old coley or did i make that joke back then I think oh. that was mine. <laughs> they bring old coley and you get a turnover you get to sit on top of it and pretend to ride it <laughs> just giving out free ideas at this point <laughs> to the penn state staff uh yeah it, it's going to be fun man i think a lot of dudes are going to make some really big plays and and that makes it fun. and that also builds uh, just phenomenal phenomenal depth and and really prepares you for the rigors of a big ten season. So extremely excited to watch this group,
0: yeah, I think this time next year, it's not at all out of the question that we're talking about how Penn State could be replacing, you know, two or three top two or three round NFL draft picks. like that's totally on the table with this group. There's so much talent and they absolutely have that ceiling.
1: It's also awesome because th- three of the guys we mentioned aren't even draft eligible. I know like Kalen <laughs> Kings, a Wheatley, and Jalen Reed are all not draft eligible yet. So like, it's the great balance between like experience and this young influx of talent, man. It's, It's great. I'm sorry. I'll let you do the sign off. Uh, I know we've been going long, but there's just so much to talk about with this room. Yeah, It's crazy. They're in
0: such a great spot. In retrospect, maybe we shouldn't have combined these two into one because we could probably go for 30 minutes about each one. Um, Yeah. But with that, you know, that brings us to the end of our defensive uh, position preview. So thanks for following along. We still have the special teams to go, and that will be coming tomorrow. Um, But I I think it's safe to say, while we certainly have questions about the Penn State defense and the team in general, this looks like a pretty darn good football team all things considered.
1: Yeah, especially this defense man. This is going to be this is going to be next level fun. I'm excited to watch uh, to watch Diaz get in the lab and go to
0: work. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So once again, if you have the chance to do so and you're not already, please subscribe to Roar Lions Roar on whatever podcast platform you choose. And if you have the moment to do so, please go ahead and visit us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and leave us a five-star review. Leave a question if you got one or just leave a comment. Say hi. We read them. We'll see it. That'd be great. Um, For myself, Nick Polak. Oh, and make sure you go on Home Field Apparel. Use that 15% off code ROAR Lions Roar. All caps. All one word. For your first order only. For myself, Nick Polak, for my co-host, Matt Filipovitz, thanks for listening. Go State.
1: Go State.